return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Uh, let's stand with our Bibles just for a second. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you sit down, look at someone and say, you'll never be the same. Never be the same. Hallelujah. I just want to say the Lord's changing me all the time. From glory to glory, God's changing, changing, changing. And He never stops. As long as we're in this life, as long as we have life and breath, He keeps working on us. And that's, uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You don't want Him to stop. You don't want Him to give up on you. That's for sure. Uh, so, uh, uh, what a blessing. So, we're following, we're just, just one more time, sharing on some following, some godly examples. We shared Hebrews 6.12, of course, followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Uh, remember, when things happen in life, it's easy to run to your phone, call somebody. That's okay, but even better yet, make sure you run to the Lord. Make sure you run to the Word of God. Because, because someone can pray for you and so forth. But listen, when you run to the Lord, I tell you, Jesus is always praying for you. And nothing, you know, He already knows. It's not like a surprise to Him. So He's already knowing. could be a diagnosis or whatever. He already knows that, but He's there to help us. So, so we have people in the Bible that through faith and patience, they, they already walk, they already walk the walk, all right? And so we can live by some of their examples, all right? We can apply those things to our lives. And in many cases in the Bible, people were living in very, very difficult circumstances. So, so we can follow them. And Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, follow me as I follow Jesus Christ. So, so we don't follow blindly. Don't follow anybody blindly. So look at what they're doing. But if they're doing something that's godly, then follow that. All right, so something, they, they testify, boy, I've been in the Word, I've been in prayer, or I'm fasting, or, or confessing the Word, or whatever, and they're witnessing different things. Do that, follow me as I am of Christ. So as, as, as he follows Jesus, we'll follow that. But invariably, nobody's perfect. So if you just blindly follow someone, you're going to pick up traits that might not be good. All right, so... You want to have your eyes on Jesus, but you can see what people are doing. If it's good, wonderful. Praise God. So we talked about things. You talked about Paul. Just the, just the men and women of the Bible. Paul, you know, all the things that he went through. But he says, I'm going to press on. I'm going to forget the past. You can't go backwards, can you? But you can go forward. So I'm going to press on for the things which are before me. Now, there's a lot of good things in front of you, in front of each one of us. But you've got to press forward. And this isn't like... This isn't like a sprint, like, well, I did that for two days, you know. No, this is a lifestyle. You're developing habits. You're developing lifestyle habits. So I want to press on all the time. Amen. Folks, there's sometimes weeks go by, a week might go by, and I feel like, I don't feel hardly a thing. I mean, I may not see an answer, may not see a manifestation, but that doesn't change what I'm doing. I still follow Jesus. I still cling to him. I still look at his word and stand on his word. Amen. Faith and patience through faith and patience, they inherited the promises. So just because something didn't happen at this particular time you pray doesn't mean you stop praying or stop believing. You continue to do what you're doing. Amen. And we do this all our life. So this isn't like this one time deal. No, this is, these are habits. 
Stephen, of course, had this forgiving spirit. So even while they're stoning him, he's forgiving them. Now, Bible gives us some huge, huge examples here. All right. Because people, people are very touchy. People get offended easily, you know, and all of a sudden they, they have an offense or a wall or so forth. No, these are Bible examples where they're actually trying, they're going to kill him. And he knows that. And yet he's forgiving them. It's just like Jesus on the cross, who was our ultimate example. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do, you know, and you think, well, they know a lot what they're doing. They, they, they whipped him. They beat him. They bound him. They nailed him to the cross. And yet, yet he knew there's a spiritual warfare going on. The same with Stephen. You know, here Paul was one of those people that laid down his garments. People laid down garments at Paul's feet. He was a witness to this. He was a witness to this. And uh, amazing, you know. I mean, I always remember the story that Cho told him. I met Cho in 1980. Paul Young E. Cho from South Korea and uh, from Seoul, Korea. And he told this story. The people were in his church. People were in his church that saw this. That uh, when the, the, during the Korean War and so forth and they persecuted Christians. And, and uh, they caught this pastor and his family and they, his children and they threw him in a hole. And they said, unless you deny the Lord, we're going to bury you alive. And, and uh, that's, those are pretty heavy things and so forth. And so they, they, you know, the kids started pulling at their dad's coat or garments, you know, and said, Daddy, think of us, think of us, you know. And he, was think, he looked at them and so forth and he was just going to deny his belief, deny his faith. And his wife grabbed him and she said, don't. She said, just think. Tonight we'll be feasting with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he caught the vision and they just began to sing as they threw in shovels. The kids got buried first. And then the parents were buried last. But there was 100 people who were in Cho's church who saw that, who got saved, who were unbelievers, but saw that happen. And got saved. People saw Stephen being stoned to death and Saul of Tarsus was one of them. See, we think many times, we think, we think, oh, I've got it so hard. Oh, this is so difficult. No, read your Bible. (laughs) See, when I read my Bible, I think, oh, wow, I faced nothing compared to what others have faced. And yet they faced it in victory. Amen. They faced it with victory. They faced it with faith in their heart. So we learned from Stephen. I learned, I think, well, I can learn from his example. I can learn from his example to be forgiving. Amen. I can learn from Enoch, you know, that he walked with God and God, his faith pleased God, his faith pleased God so much that God just took him. Very rare example. And yet you realize, sometimes you, th- you can think, I'm walking so close to the Lord. I'm thinking, no, there's always closerness. We can always get closer. There's dimensions to light. So you can say, oh, it's, it's light and so forth. And yet that light can get brighter and brighter. As we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. So the dimensions of light just, just get huge, right? So, so all those things are, are a blessing. Moses, Moses was trained, raised in Egypt, raised in the things of the world, raised in the worldly customs. And yet at some point when the Holy Ghost, God just began to touch his heart, he chose He chose to leave behind the world and he chose to walk with God and he chose to suffer with the children of Israel to suffer that rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Folks, the the sin, the devil's tricky. All right. So because people can say, oh, this doesn't bother me at all. I can live and do what I want, you know, and they're enjoying it. But listen, there's always a payday. The wages, there's wages, payday of sin. And so at a certain point, there's a hook where the enemy takes somebody and says, I got you now. And you're not going to get out of that habit. You went too far. Moses said, I'm going to, I'm going to make a choice to follow God. I'm going to make a choice to refuse the worldly way and esteem the fact that it's more valuable to live for God, live for Jesus Christ. Amen. Aaron and Hur stood by Moses. We've got to stand by people. Amen. And work with people and pray for people and, and believe for especially those in authority that they will stand strong in authority. These are things, these are things that we all can do. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. You can do this. This is why knowing the Bible, studying the Bible is healthy. The more we 
The word, in fact, in, in Proverbs, it talks about the word and so forth, and that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But the word is good for your bones. It's good for your physical health. It's good for your mental health. It's good for how you think. You know, people, a lot of people in the world today are mentally feeling unstable because of all the things going on. But, folks, you don't have to be unstable. It, it doesn't mean that there aren't things we face and we trust God and we claim scriptures, you know, Psalm 91, it's not going to come near me. But, but on the other hand, I don't have to live in fear. You can lay down at night and sleep in peace because you, O oh Lord, cause me to dwell in safety. That's a prayer we have with our grandkids about every night and so forth. Confessing the Word of God, standing on the Word of God, you have to appropriate it. Remember now, if I'm filling up on the TV, remember TV stands for telling a vision. It's television. So the TV is telling you the vision. Most, in most cases, it's the vision of the world. The TV is telling you, you've got a fear. The TV is telling you, your life is in danger. The TV is telling you, your future is bleak. But if I go to the Word of God, it will also tell me a vision. It will tell me a vision that he's with me. It will tell me a vision that I don't have to fear. It will tell me a vision that I can trust in him. That my future is good in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I choose, I make a choice that I'm going I'm to uh, indulge myself in the Bible. See, these are things that men and women in the Bible did. They indulged themselves in the presence of the Lord and so forth. So we follow their examples. Right? We follow their examples. So Abraham, in the book of Romans, Abraham, you know, says a story, Abraham was the father of many nations. Remember, God gave him a word. He called those things which be not as though they were. So he was a man married with his wife, Sarah, had no children. And yet he said, you're going to be a father, have children, father of many nations. So from your seed is going to develop a whole other nation. And so Abraham, you know, he's old. Old now. Now, I think sometimes, sometimes I feel old, but I think I look at Abraham and encourage me. No, I'm not old. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not old. Don't think of yourself as old. I love Isaiah. It says, your youth can be renewed like the eagles. Amen. Amen. So some people, some people act old in their 40s already or something like that. No, you're not old. So, but now contrary to hope, because it looked hopeless. Now, again, sometimes we say, uh, we say, sometimes people, try, Christians can say very, uh, uh, kind of matter of fact, we believe in miracles and so forth. It's like, just remember this. I do believe in miracles. But I also have the understanding that a miracle means that everything else in the natural has been exhausted. There's no other hope. And I know this, that is a bad, or not a bad, it's an uncomfortable place to be in. Okay, so when doctors one point said to our daughter, there's nothing, nothing we can do. That's an uncomfortable place to be because it's like, yeah, people say, well, you believe miracles. Don't say it tritely because now you need a miracle to live. Okay, and that that is a very sobering place. And so your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Abraham had no other hope. Him and his wife, Sarah, it was hopeless. So here God gave them promises. And many times I think we can discard promises, think, well, it's too late, not going to happen, didn't work. That's for somebody else now. And yet, contrary to hope, against hope, he believed and hope he believed. So he pushed back against hopelessness. And we must, all of us at times in our life, have to push against hopelessness. When somebody says it can't happen or won't happen, you don't want to give up. Amen. You want to continue to maintain your faith in God. Amen. So you want to push back against hopelessness. All right. And that's what Abraham did. And he became the father. He he walked in that word. He walked in the promise of God and he saw the promise manifested for his life. Now, he only had one child, so he's still looking by faith. OK. And yet through that child, he, those were the descendants then that developed that legacy for Abraham. And we call him the father of faith. And in fact, in Galatians says, by faith in Christ, you're Abraham's seed. So we get to claim all the good promises from the Old Testament, miss out on all judgments and stuff, but claim all the good promises. Because we're Abraham's seed. 
So I like claiming promises. Amen. I like claiming the good, good things that are there. So against this hope, he believed in hope. He didn't look at his circumstances. His circumstances that was that, well, his own body and Sarah's body. She's, he's about 100 years old. And Sarah hadn't, uh, you know, she's about 90. So his circumstances didn't look good. See, if we walk, thank God for five senses. I love five senses, you know. I love to see and smell and taste and hear, you know, all those things touch. But however, your five senses, can't, you cannot lean on them for faith. Faith is believing without seeing. Faith is believing without having any other awareness other than God himself. So he didn't look at his circumstances. He put his trust in the Lord. And he became, he was not weak in faith. In other words, he became strong in faith. He didn't waver at the promise through unbelief. Folks, a lot of times, wavering, you know, you stagger like, is that even possible? There's a lot of things I've heard in my life, you know, and I think sometimes I'm getting older and older, but I've heard some tremendous promises, but I don't want to stagger. I don't want to give up on those promises. Amen. You want to keep believing. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep believing. Keep believing. Faith is, is something that has to stay active. It's not like you come to church and you exercise faith. You can, you can, of course, but I'm saying it's every day. Every day you get up, it's a new day. Hallelujah. His mercies are new every morning. So you begin to exercise faith from your very conscious moment that you're awake. Amen. Exercise faith. Believing God. Believing for His blessings. See, that's like the spiritual weight room. You prepare yourself for what's ahead. So I can't... I can't uh, it's difficult sometimes someone maybe has been a Christian but doesn't do anything, you know, and so forth. Then all of a sudden they get a bad report. And all of a sudden a bad diagnosis. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then now they're trying to stand in faith. But they've got the faith to lift something that's 10 pounds when they need the faith to lift something 100 pounds. And they still can do it. it just, it's just a lot tougher because they've never used their faith. Faith is like a muscle. If I laid in my bed, comfortable, relaxed, and so forth, but didn't get up, next day, didn't get up, next day, didn't get up, my muscles would begin to atrophy. My muscles would begin to diminish. I was in bed so long at one time, this was in the 1980s and so forth, with spinal uh, pain and back pain and so forth. I was in bed for days, and when I, I had to learn to walk again. And when I first, I first got up, I was dizzy. I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. Then finally I got on my feet. I was dizzy like I'm oriented different. My legs were weak. And all I did was lay in bed for days. So then they walked me, finally got me to walk down a hall with two people on me and a strap around my waist and so forth. Much younger then, but walked very old. Because muscles had, had, had diminished, strength had diminished and so forth. You have to use your, just like your natural muscles, you have to use your faith muscles. Every day, every day, of course, we get up, we walk, we do things. So you're in process of using muscles, the same thing spiritually. So Abraham didn't stagger in unbelief. He didn't waver at the promises of God. Notice he strengthened, his, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory. He was a worshiper. So he's worshiping God. And folks, in the middle of adversity, there's great strength when you worship God. Because all of a sudden, God invades your situation. Now, he's always in us. But, you know, it's like, it's like uh, Paul and Silas, you know, they're praying in the prison. And it didn't look good. But all of a sudden, something happened. And the place shook. And every door was open. But what were they doing? They were praising God at the midnight hour. Folks, it's not fun to praise God when you don't feel like it. Not fun to praise God when things aren't going your way. Not fun to praise God when you're in pain. Amen? Follow what I'm saying? I think back to the back situation. I was up. Uh, they put me in a traction. They, they were trying to pull my spine apart and so forth. They were looking at talking to a doctor at the Mayo Clinic as far as helping me and stuff. And anyway, this one night I was in so much pain. I was writhing in pain. And I was kind of in a cage, I was, but I was hanging on, and I was crying. I just began to cry out to the Lord. So I'm crying out to the Lord. I'm quoting scriptures. I'm praying in the Spirit as well and so forth. I remember a nurse coming in. 
And she just stood at the end of the bed looking at me. But I just continued. I prayed all night. And then I, I fell asleep about 4 o'clock in the morning. About 6 o'clock in the morning, the doctor came in. And, and when I woke up, they woke me up at 6. And it, you know, so just a couple hours of sleep. But he woke me up and he said, how you feeling? I, and all of a sudden, I'm laying there and I'm thinking, I feel wonderful. <laughs> I had no pain whatsoever. No pain whatsoever. And, he, and I said, I, so I'm laying flat on my back. And I said, it was kind of a tough night. He says, I heard about it from the nurse's station. You know, heard all about it. And, and, uh, but anyway, I'm laying there and, and so I had no pain and he said, well, let, let me take a look at your leg. So they would take my, took off these straps and so forth and lift my leg up. Well, with a herniated disc and the way it was would be very painful. And I, and I said, don't do that, please. I feel so good. <laughs> anyway, you know, so I, I took my hands, I grabbed a hold of the rails cause I thought extreme pain was coming. And so he lifted up my leg and he says, how's that feel? I said, good. Lifted it up farther. How's it feel? Good. Lifted it all the way up. I said, wonderful. And he said, what happened to you? I said, had to be Jesus. And he he just nodded his head because I was in dire, dire straits. Totally, my back was totally healed from that point on. And I thought, wow, Lord, you're so... You're so good. Amen. So good, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you sense the miraculous atmosphere here? See, he's released a testimony of miracle. And I want to share another miracle. Amen. Amen. So many years ago, we were in Rock Valley, Iowa. And I'd been doctoring for a long time with an eye situation. And my vision was, I could barely see. And right now, I can't even tell you which eye. (laughs) I think it might have been this one. But there were, um, I had bumps all over my eye, under here, over here. Eyelids, yeah. And um, my eye, it would hardly open. And I'd been doctoring also for a year. And it was very tiring and painful. I was very pain, a lot of pain. And um, so we were in Rock Valley. And I remember, you know, when you, got the, when you get a word from God, yeah. I remember we'd walk down into the basement, and our kids were little at the time, and we were, I think we were going to go rest, which young couples don't always get a chance to, chance to do that. And all of a sudden, the word came to me from Proverbs, and the word said, it's better to put your trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. And it was like, boom. And there was a release in the spirit, Something happened, and I knew from that moment on that the word of God yeah. would heal my eye. Yep. I had tried. The doctor had given me so many medications. He said, you'll need surgery to remove all these bumps. There's scar tissue. It's not a good situation. And within two weeks, every bump yeah. was dissolved and it disappeared, and my vision came back. Yeah. And like I say right now, I can't even tell you which eye it yeah, was. So, yeah, yeah. so God is a God of miracles. It's God of miracles. And I just feel today it was so important yeah. to um, uh, tag team with you on yeah. that miraculous yeah. situation. Yeah. You're back. Of course, we could spend the whole day, amen, yeah. Yeah. speaking about miracles, but just one other one. So if yeah. you're sitting there and or hearing us on live Facebook, yeah. uh, just tap into the miracle working power of yes. Jesus. Amen. It's something we can't explain Amen. in the natural. That's right. And it doesn't make any sense, but it's a spiritual condition, a spiritual situation that, that the Lord does. So the other one is uh, glory to God for the fire starters. Amen. And uh, fire starters have been around for, I don't know, 30 years or however long. Anyway, um, before you guys were born. And, um, but our daughter had a broken leg and it was, it was broken. The situation was not good. She was in a wheelchair and the, I had, I was assisting her traveling with her in her job and it was a very cold winter and it was, it was complicated. And so the, the leg had broke and then, uh, I want to say 10 days later, she came forward at a fire starter meeting. You broken, go ahead. It was broken above the ankle. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was not good. And go ahead. Well, she came to the Sunday night, fi- Sunday night fire starters meeting. And so mm-hmm. afterwards came up front and a few kids laid their hands on her, prayed for her. And, uh, two days later I saw her in Sioux Falls. She lived in Sioux Falls and she said, dad. 
I think I'm healed. Something happened to my legs. You she know, said. that Sunday night. And I said, that's great, honey. That's great. You know, and she had this boot cast on her leg. And she said, no. And she's standing in her kitchen. <clears throat> Stomps her leg hold, on the floor. And she hits her leg on the floor. And I said, don't do that, you know. <laughs> didn't, look, didn't look good to me, you know. But she said, no, I, I'm healed. So, so she goes back day, to the doctor. Like yeah. within a short time, I want to yeah. say in 10 or less than two weeks, she went back and the doctor x-rayed yeah. and there was no break. There was no sign. So there his first x-ray, a miracle. his first x-ray, he you know, threw that up and he kind of did it as a courtesy to do another x-ray. He threw it up and he says, see, you got this crack, this, this break right in here and so forth. And he said, it's going to take weeks, many x longer because where is that to heal? And they threw up the other. So the ex, the, the crack is right. He is looking for it and Thank he can't you, find it. Thank you, Jesus. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. And just tap into that Amen. miracle that you need today. Amen. As you hear the rest of the preaching of the word, he Amen. is God. He says, I am God and I change not. I change not. So he's here today for your miracle, whatever yeah. you need. Amen. Physical. Maybe it's a loved one coming Home. Maybe it's finances. Yeah. Maybe it's a yeah. broken heart. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Yeah. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's depression or discouragement or yeah. a spirit of fear. Yeah. But just lift your hands up and just receive that miracle from Jesus. Yes. Jesus, we acknowledge you yes. are God and you do yes. miracles today. Yes. We don't have to strive and we don't have to be That's good right. enough or work it up. That's right. But Lord, we receive your healing yes, power, Lord. your miracle working power yes, Lord. in our lives, in our bodies, yes, and in Lord. the loved ones that we know. And everyone on our prayer Thank list. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a miracle for Thank today. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 That's a good word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Abraham became fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Totally, he was totally convinced, fully convinced what God had promised God would do. I think we can be that way. And I think the part is that when you pray, even if you don't see something right away, don't give up. Don't, don't draw the conclusion, God didn't work. Well, God is always working, all right? So, so uh, healing happens. Sometimes it's instantaneous, but sometimes it's a process. So don't give up when, after you pray, amen? Have your, have your eyes on him. Now, there's a scripture in Romans there, in Romans 15. It says, you can abound in hope. So Abraham pushed, against, pushed back against hopelessness. And I think we live in a day where, where we need to be abound in hope. God will fill, the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, abound, overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can be filled with joy and peace. But here's a key word. Here's a key word here. You have to believe. So if you're just waiting, if you're just always like, well, it's always in God's part, just do it. Levi had a great message Wednesday night, love that, you know, God already did it, already done. So, so sometimes we're praying something that God is saying, no, I've already given you that power. I've already done it. I've already won the victory. So we have to believe, amen, joy and peace in believing before you see the answer, abounding in hope before it's manifested. Now just say with me, say, that's possible. That's possible. And that's possible because he gives us the Holy Spirit. We're New Testament Christians. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He knows we have weaknesses. He helps us where we're at. But I have to do my part. Amen. So I got to believe. I've got to, I've got to start living in the answer. Remember, God gave Abraham this promise, but it was 25 years later before there was a manifestation. And even when the angel came again, there was that, that know your wife according to the time of life will, time of life will have a child. They still, old people, the, you know, 100 years old, 90 years old, so forth, they still had to have a relationship. It was not an immaculate conception. Hallelujah. They still had to have a relationship. They still had to wait nine months and so forth for that baby to be born. Process through faith and patience. We can, we can learn. Amen. We can learn. And we have choices, like Joshua and Caleb, Numbers 13. We have choices. You know, they went into the land. God already said, I gave you the land. God already said that. It wasn't an issue like, should we vote on this about going to the land? No, he already said it. He already gave us the Bible. He already gave us the word of God. Amen? Amen. And so Joshua and Caleb, you know, the, the people came back and, and 
12 spies, but two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they said, let's go up at once and take possession. We're well able to overcome it. So let's, 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 let's respond in faith. And, you know, they just refused to be discouraged in spite of the crowd, in spite of the vote, because they voted 10 to 2. All right. And they said, we're not able, the, the other 10, we're not able to go up. They're stronger than us. So they're drawing conclusions that go against the word of God because God said, I've given it to you. And so they're drawing conclusions that saying we can't do it. When God said, you sure can do it. I give it to you. Of course, they did 40 years later. But anyway, it took them a time. But anyway, that initially they, they just said, we can't do it. They're stronger. Your eyes and so forth can betray you. They brought a bad report. The land we went devours its inhabitants. All the people whom we saw are men of great stature. They're like giants. We saw the giants descended of Anak. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's how they saw themselves. I'm just a grasshopper. And then they draw this conclusion. So we were in their sight. <laughs> how do they know what they thought? What do you look at me? You think like I'm a grasshopper? You're a grasshopper. You know, they draw all these mental conclusions that went against the promise of God that said to go and possess the land. Now, I believe God speaks to all of us in good ways, but personally in our lives. He wants to bless your home. He wants to bless your job, your marriage, your friends, or so forth. He wants to do these things. And we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Otherwise, if we just say, no, no, he can't. I'm a grasshopper. I can't do it. You don't know me. Well, now we're canceling out. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, that when, uh, when John the Baptist was born for Zachariah and Elizabeth, it's interesting that God, that God had Zachariah's mouth just kind of shut. He couldn't talk anymore. He couldn't talk. And I think part of the reason for that was so he wouldn't cancel out what he was doing. Again, now, they're an older couple, and they had to have a relationship. And Elizabeth got pregnant, and John, John was born, and they're going to name him after the father. And then they brought the tablet over and said, well, what do you think? You're the dad. And he says, his name should be John. And then his mouth, his lips are loosed. Okay, you can talk now. Now that we're done with this. I've had days where I've spoken negatively. I've had days where I feel like, God's given a promise, cancel it, promise, cancel it, promise, cancel it, where I've complained. And it's like, it's like the Lord's saying, are you done now? Are you done working against me? When are you going to start cooperating with me? And it's a choice. You know, we can say, well, you don't understand. Well, that's a lie. He, of course, understands everything, knows us better than we know ourselves. So at some point, we have to decide on a daily basis, no, I'm going to walk with the Spirit. I'm not going to say all those things to cancel out the promises of God. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to speak things that would be well. Amen? Amen? You know, growing old, you know, Caleb in, in uh, Joshua 14, Caleb's 85 years old. He's 85 years old, and still he's saying, saying uh, he kept me alive these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses. So now they've gone... 40 years in the wilderness. Now they've gone into the promised land. He's 85 years old. And, and he comes to this place and he says, give me this mountain. He's still believing for things. You know, as we get older, don't stop believing. You get older, don't think, you know, well, you know, there's much more to do. I say, what, let's see, what should I do? Should I join a card club or bridge club or something like No, start, keep believing. Amen. Amen. I, I saw a friend the other day, and, and this guy's older than me. And I said, what, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm teaching a Sunday school class. And I thought, God bless him. He was teaching a Sunday school class. He was staying active. He's in his 70s. He's staying active. He's being involved. And I thought, praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, you're not too old. Maybe say, you're not going to say you're not too young. <laughs> But God wants to use us, and we have to be in a place where we can just say, give me this mountain. Amen. Amen. Give, give me this mountain. I want, I, want to believe, I want to believe for more. Amen. Amen. Gideon was a guy in, in Judges. And I, like, 
I look, I try to put myself in their shoes, and I, I think I, I would have probably been like Gideon. They're afraid. They're afraid of the Midianites. He's protecting his wheat and so forth. And the Lord shows up, and he calls him a mighty man of valor, which is just the opposite of what it looked like. God is always going to speak something to you that is beyond what your situation is. You know, I think, I think he has names for us. Amen. He'll never call you a loser. He'll never say something negative, but he'll always say something positive. Somebody, somebody need to really listen to this. When you're quiet, when you're quiet and you're listening to the voice of the Lord, what's he going to say to you? It's always going to be something positive. I know for me every day, every day he says, I love you. Wow. When I get quiet before the Lord every day, he says, I love you, Dave. I think that's, that's amazing. So, so what is God going to call you? He looks at Gideon and he says, you're a mighty man of valor. Well, first of all, he's living in fear. He feels weak. He doesn't, have, doesn't like have any friends or anything like that. So every, his situation again now, see, where it's faith and patience, looked bleak. It looked hopeless. What's, what's he going to do against the Midianites? These are armies. These are, these are trained people. What's he going to do? He's trying to survive. People all over the world right now are trying to survive. Some of you watching on camera right now, you, you are in very difficult situations. We pray for a lot of you by name that we know. Pray for you by name. But I just want to assure you that the same God of the Bible is big enough to take care of you today. He's a God of might and strength and power. And he, he cares about your life. Cares about your home and your family. Cares, he knows how much food you have or you don't have. And God's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you just like he did for Gideon. He's going to do the same for you. We have to look at these things. For Gideon, you so you know the Lord says, the angel says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And of course, Gideon, you know, just rightly so, it's like, are you kidding? I mean, look at us. You know, look at look at look at our situation. Look at my family. Look at where I'm at. And and uh, uh, you know, I mean, it didn't look good. And of course, he God understands that. You know, God has big shoulders. Amen. So sometimes, like this, like like. In this particular case, God is gracious. You know, he's got big shoulders and says, eh, I know where you're at. This isn't easy. But, but, I'm still going to help you here. Amen? So, so look at Judges chapter 7. So, uh, verse 20 through 21. Let's look at there. So, when Gideon mobilizes this army, and of course, God says, you're not going to do it with 32,000 men. So, so, you know, he had this transition, you know, I want, I want you to look at the people, you know. Uh, the, those that are fearful, set them aside. Then go down. Those that lap water like a dog, we don't want them. We want the ones that are taking water to the mouth and so forth. And it comes down to 300 men, which doesn't look like a big deal, does it? When you're facing thousands. But I do know this. God wants the glory. Amen. He wants the glory. And so I, I, we, we, still, we still have a go to a doctor or this and that. That's fine, but our trust is in the Lord. He wants the glory. He is the healer. Amen? He is the healer. I had some skin cancer cut off, me, off of me and so forth a while back, and yet the Lord heals it all up, and I'm thinking, wow. Amen. Doctors can't do that. They can cut something out, but they can't, they can't put it back together again. God does that. He's the healer. He gave you an immune system. Even in the midst of this pandemic, we pray all the time, thank you, Lord, for blessing our immune system. We pray blessings on our bone marrow. We pray, pray, pray blessings on our blood cells. Of course, you try, you want to eat good or exercise, but we pray blessings. You know, sometimes I wish you had someone to pray for me. Well, there you go. Just do it yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do that. You can lay hands on yourself. People, sometimes people think, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. So you can lay hands on yourself. You can speak healing over yourself. Speak healing over your body and speak a blessing on yourself. You can do that according to God's word. Amen. Amen. But one thing God told Gideon then, he said, when you, when you stand, three different companies, 100 people in each company and so forth, and they had these torches and so forth, and they broke the torches and they blew the trumpets. And so, so he said, now here was what they had to do. They said the sword of the Lord and Gideon, but every man stood in his place. So here's the enemy. I can picture the Midian camp like a beehive. You know, they're wild, they're upset, and so forth. But they had to stand in their place. So you have to stand. 
Ephesians says, having done all, stand. Ephesians 6.13. You have to stand. Don't, don't go to a place of retreat. Not to say, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand in the promises of God. Now, no matter what you see, just you want to just stand. You want to stand firm. And that's what they did. And they watched the Lord work. Now, this took time, of course, right? It takes time to do these things. But through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So I feel like, yeah, I can, I can do that. They did it. I can do that. Amen. We have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got what it takes. You don't lack anything. You don't lack anything at all. He's given you all things that pertain to godliness. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you the power. He's given you the authority to use it. Amen. 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 So our part, again, we're exercising to do these things. David in Psalm 121, he says, I'm going to lift my eyes to the hills. And now there's all kinds of idols and worship and so forth like that. Where does my help come from? Well, ultimately, I realize my help comes from the Lord. We thank God we have a lot of things that we can be helped by in our country and stuff in different ways. But you have to shake yourself that your help ultimately comes from the Lord. It's just like we live in a great country, but, but I'm serving another king, folks. And his name is Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts, they said, hey, we've got to get rid of these people. They're preaching another king. Yeah, it's King Jesus. I'm living, for, I'm living under his authority, under his realm, Jesus Christ. So we, we, we can know we can walk in this victory. And where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. I heard, heard different times on Christian programs, they'd interview people. Reinhard Bonnke was one. They said, why are there more miracles overseas than there are, than there are in the United States? And he says, I don't know. And I prayed about that for a long period of time. And then all of a sudden God spoke to me because we were overseas, we were doing things ministering to people in rural areas where, where there's not help. There's not doctor's help. There's not medicine for leprosy. There's not help if you have a tumor. If you have cancer, there's not help. You just die. That's what happens. And so when we pray for people and they say, this person has breast cancer, you know, this person has this tumor, whatever, it's a big deal. Why are there more miracles? Well, part of the reason is this. Is that overseas? It isn't like they have less. It isn't like they have more faith, but they have less options. They don't have options. We have lots of options. We have lots of options for health care. We have lots of options for financial needs and so forth. We have a government that takes care of people, pays people just all the time. Overseas, you don't have those options. It's like the Bible: you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah, you don't eat. That's right. That's why suicide rate is very high in some of these countries. Why? They have no food. So they just kill themselves out of honor. They can't take care of their family. They're killing themselves. Oh, you don't hear that in the news, do you? When people say, let's, let's shut it down and so forth. Oh, you also you don't hear in the news that the suicide hotlines are like hotcakes right now. Because people are in desperate places mentally. They can't the, to live to survive. They're in desperate places. Oh, they don't say that, though, when they say, let's shut it down again. They're going to kill a lot of people. A lot of people worldwide have died. Because they don't see that there's any answer. The answer is Jesus. Our hope must be in the Lord. Our trust is in the Lord. David saw that. I, I can look. Where does my help come from? Well, my help is going to come from the Lord. Amen. That's, that's where my help is going to come from. It's not going to come from the natural, from the natural things. I mean, granted, some, something may come naturally, but you ultimately have to say, hey, Lord, you're my provider. Amen. Let's go on to Psalm 121. There's a few more verses there. And it says, uh, uh, the Lord is your keeper. He's the shade of your right hand. He'll preserve you from all evil. He'll preserve your soul. He'll preserve your going out, your coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. Amen. So David could just confess the word of God. Stand on it saying, he is my keeper. He's going to watch over me. He's going to preserve my soul. He's going he's gonna, uh, to from, from preserve me from evil, from a virus. Well, I'm going to claim that. Amen. I'm going to claim that, that he's going to take care of me and help me and so forth. Wherever I go, coming out, going in and so forth. Thank you for coming today. <laughs> for those of you at home, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We're just glad you're tuning in and, and enjoying to be a part of this and to encourage as we encourage all of us that we can stand, we can make it. And the Bible gives us great examples that we can follow through faith and patience. 
And these are good things for us. Let me, let me go one last one. Let's go to the book of Daniel a second. And, and uh, Daniel chapter 6. Here's Daniel who's, who, Daniel, now remember, he was a captive out of Israel. We don't know what happened to his family, if he saw his family killed or whatever, but he's taken at a young age out of Israel as a captive. And he's schooled in all the things of the world. So you have Daniel and, and some of his friends and so forth who lived godly. Great tribute to their parents. Amen? Amen. I want to say, parents, keep speaking things into your kids. Amen. Keep speaking things into your kids. When kids kind of say, oh, I don't think I want that. It doesn't matter what they want. Speak the, speak the word of the Lord over them. Amen? Amen? Speak the word of the Lord over them. So Daniel, Daniel thrived in the spirit through four kings. And he walked with God. So he never did get back to Israel. Never did get back to his homeland. Never did get to back see relatives. Anything like that. And yet his heart was so good toward God. Pretty amazing. And so Daniel, Darius wrote this decree that you cannot worship any other God except the one he would approve and so forth. And this was, he was tricked because these other guys didn't like Daniel. and They wanted to get his position because he was high ranking in the government. And so Darius wrote the decree, and Daniel, when he heard the writing was done, because whoever, whoever disobeyed was going to be thrown into the lion's den. So Daniel, when he knew the writing was signed, he went home, he went into his room, his windows were open, he kneels down three times a day. Now watch this. He prayed, he gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. He had a relationship now, I just want to say, people can say, well, I once was young, I've been there, now I'm old, getting there, but I've not seen the righteous forsaken. God is for you, not against you. You build habits. And for Daniel, here's, here's the thing for Daniel, good habits will get you through tough times. So he built a habit. He had a custom. He met with the Lord every day. Since his early days, he met with the Lord. Didn't matter the king. Didn't matter the situation. Didn't matter what was happening. But he met with the Lord. You can meet with Jesus Christ in your house and so forth. Very important to do that. Establish habits. That's why we have Bible reading schedules and so forth. But as his custom was, he wasn't phased by what the world was doing. And I see a lot of Christians, they're phased by the world. Why? We don't want to be, we're not, we're not even part of this. So we have, we're in another kingdom. We're part of another nation of the body of Christ. So I'm not going to let the world phase me. I look at Daniel's, one of my examples, I wait a minute, I'm going to stand strong like he stood strong. As his custom once was since his early days, he got before the Lord, sought, and all, all, what, what was he doing? Was he, I don't think Daniel was there, I'm praying against this decree, I'm praying against what they're doing. No, no, he says, I, whatever, let them do what they're doing, I'm going to praise God. His heart is clean. His heart is clean. Of course, you know the story, they grabbed him up and threw him in the lion's den. And they never touched him that whole night. God is for us, Amen. He's for us. He's on your side. He has only good plans for each one of you. Amen. Let's just lift up our hands a second. Lord, thank you for favor. I thank you that we can learn so much, Lord, from your word, from the Bible, from what you've given us. And thank you, Lord, we lack nothing. Jesus, thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for empowering us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit being poured out on us here in this place but also via the video, Lord, through Facebook Live and going to other places. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for helping us in this hour, Lord, where we live right now, November 2020. Thank you for helping us in this hour, Father. Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. You are strengthening us. Lord, we are strong in you. We, we're moving forward, Lord God. And Lord, all these examples in the Bible, Father, we take them and we say yes to you. And we say yes to the promises. And we say yes to what the Holy Spirit is doing in this hour. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. We give you praise today, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your love and grace. Hallelujah. We bless you. We worship you, Lord God. Thank you for the outpouring of your spirit. Thank you for revival in this area, Lord. Thank you for revival that permeates churches and Main Street and schools and colleges. Thank you for revival, Lord. Hallelujah.
Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. You've won the victory, Lord. You've won the victory, Lord. We receive this victory, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. You are blessed of the Lord. You are blessed of the Lord. He is keeping you. His face is shining upon you. Oh, His grace is more than enough for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Answers, answers are coming. Hallelujah. Answers are coming. Manifestations are coming. Hallelujah. He is a God who rewards His people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. (laughs) Uh, Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing it, Lord. Thank you for the answers, Lord. Say thank you for the answers, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. And I want to remind you, God has heard your prayers. He's heard your prayers. He's heard your prayers. It's not, it's not praying 50 times and then he hears you. Faith. Apply faith. He hears you. When you pray, he hears you. When you pray. Amen. He's working right from that very moment. He's working by his spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Let me just say this too. The back, the, the video there, just uh, if, if put on there, be a, an evangelist and share it. Click share and share it with somebody else that uh, can help them, can bless them in Jesus' name. <clears throat> okay, let's stand up a second. I believe God, I believe God. Ask what you will and it shall be done. Trust and obey. Believe him and say, I believe, I believe God. I believe God, I believe God. Ask what you will and it shall be done. Trust and obey. Believe him and say, I believe, I believe God. Let's sing it one more time. I believe God, I believe God. Ask what you will and it shall be done. Trust and obey. Believe him and say, I believe, I believe God. Yes, I believe, I believe God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.